Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined this week by BizTimes Editor Andrew Weiland. Andrew, how's it going? Really good. Summer is on and I'm happy. It is on. It's a beautiful day. We're at least avoiding the heat for a little bit. Hopefully everyone avoided uh, storm damage and power outages and all of those things. But uh, yeah, I, did, so I suppose that's why I'm in a good mood. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, let's dive in. Our insider story spotlight is first up, and this is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are an insider already, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that. Your support helps make our work possible. Uh, if you're not an insider, consider subscribing for the equivalent of $8 a month. You can get access to all of our stories on biztimes.com, discounted admission to some of our events, and other benefits. Uh, it's really easy to do. Go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button, and sign up. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? This one's a little kind of a weird situation. And I was actually at a conference when this story first broke. And so, Arthur, fill in any gaps I'm missing. So, last week, there was an announcement about a planned redevelopment of the former astronautics headquarters. I believe astronauts moved to Oak Creek, right, Arthur? Yep. 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 Okay. So their, their former headquarters on uh, Tetonia Avenue, um, there was an announcement of a, a redevelopment plan to convert the, the building, it's a three-story building, uh, into a center for economic empowerment. So pretty interesting project for uh, you know north side of Milwaukee, an area they can use something like this. And one of the things that was noted uh, in the initial announcement last week was that Joanne Sabir was going to be a co-developer on the project. And Joanne's done a number of things in the community, but I think she at this point best known for her role in the development of the Sherman Phoenix, you know, kind of business incubator, business hub in the Sherman Park neighborhood. However, shortly after that, very shortly after that announcement came out, Joanne uh, quickly notified us and other media in town that she was pulling out of the project. She was pulling out of the project right as it was being announced, which was rather stunning. And then earlier this week, we had a follow-up, and that's the, the insider story I'm referring to, um, that said that the other partner, who is the owner of the building, insists that this project of the building is moving forward, despite the fact that Joanne's pulling out. And Joanne also revealed um, earlier this week that she's leaving uh, Milwaukee. She's going to Miami to work on a, a $66 million mixed-use development in Miami. So that's rather stunning move for her. Um, good luck to her with that project. And meanwhile, this this redevelopment of the former astronautics building, it's a blow to that project to lose her. But um, the owner of the building insists that the project's moving forward. So I guess we'll see. But it was very odd, needless to say, to have it be announced. And immediately after it's announced, the co-developer says she's pulling out. And now we have the other co-developer saying, well, it's still going to move forward. Well, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Certainly. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, sequence of events. Uh, Worth noting, Joanne's statement that she issued this week did say she's relocating for a short stint um, to Miami. So 
hopefully we'll still have her return uh, to Milwaukee and, and continue doing some of the great things she's been doing in the city as uh, already. Uh, the other interesting thing here. Yeah. So we, like you said, Andrew, the story, we get, got a press release about it. And, you know, for me, when we, when we realized it was the astronautics building, that was a blow for that area of town to have astronautics yeah. decide to consolidate all their operations down in Oak Creek at the former master lock headquarters. And so, you know, seeing an, something coming in to re, you know redevelop that building, seeing who was involved in it, we moved pretty quickly to get a story up and on our site. Um, and then we heard from Joanne that she wasn't going to be involved. And we really didn't know what that meant for the project at the time. So we made the decision to pull that story down, take it off our website, which is something we don't do lightly. I mean, when we put a story out, we like to um, stand by it. You know, if, if there's something wrong in it, you know, if we could make a mistake and, and need to correct something, we'll, we'll make a correction and we'll note it on the story that we've made a correction, but we don't like, you know, people ask, you have to retract that article. Well, you know, unless there's something outright, you know, so horribly wrong with it that we, you know, can't stand by it. We're not in the business of, of retracting articles. In this case, you know, we had a press release that said one thing and we're told immediately it was, that was not correct. Yeah. Um, so like you said, you were at a conference and I think it made, made the decision to, to pull it down just so we could try and figure out what was going on and, and make the most sense of it that we could and then, and then report on it when we did. So that's how we approached that. You know, I don't know how many readers saw it up in the time it was, it was up, but want to at least kind of share, you know, some of our thinking there in terms of deciding to take a story off the website after we published it. Yeah. Thanks for explaining it. Uh, my insider story spotlight this week comes from Menominee Falls. It is uh, one that Ashley Smart, who actually was also the one covering uh, the astronautics project for us, um, Ashley wrote about Wacker Neusen, um, and they are going to be building excavators uh, for John Deere and uh, under the John Deere brand. Um, so the company already, uh, their Memory Falls facility, I think it's located over by the, kind of by the Harley Davidson plant along Pilgrim Road there. They already make kind of these smaller, these uh, excavators, compact excavators, weighing less than five metric tons. They make their own line of these and sell them through their sales channels. They're going to be making them now also under the John Deere brand and selling them through John Deere's distribution channels. So it's kind of an exciting, you know, growth for that facility, which back in 2020, they laid off 186 workers from that facility, um, seeing a drop in revenue. So good to see that work's coming back there. The parent company said uh, it's going to be a low double digit million euro investment um, in expanding production capacity and kind of a multi-year thing to see it come uh, to fruition. So exciting news uh, for that manufacturing facility in Menominee Falls. We'll shift gears um, to our big story of the week, kind of a fun one. Uh, Why not? Friday in the summer. Um, We'll look a little ahead to uh, the basketball season, college basketball. News this week that the Wisconsin Badgers, both the men's and women's teams, We'll be playing a game at American Family Field in November. The men are going to play against Stanford. The women are going to play against Kansas State. Um, this will be taking place on Friday, November 11th. Uh, an exciting um, 
possibility. Um, interesting, nonetheless, no, for sure. Andrew, you wrote this one up. What more can you tell us about it? It's a curious one. Um, first of all, full disclosure is I'm a diehard Badger fan, a UW alum. I was a bit Wisconsin basketball season ticket holder when I was a student. So that's my full disclosure on this thing. And, you know, I think my reaction to it is, well, this is pretty cool. Um, however, there's just a lot of, there's some kind of weird things about it. Um, one is an initial reaction I had when they announced this and with a rendering of exactly how this is going to look and how this is going to work playing basketball in a baseball stadium. And of course we've seen, you know, many cases where you have, um, sports, sporting events held in different types of stadiums. The NHL has done this a lot. They've played a lot of NHL games in uh, baseball stadiums, um, you know, in the wintertime. I think they've done it at Fenway Park, probably Wrigley Field, some others. And they're kind of cool, uh, cool one-off events. So that's sort of what this this is like. Um, and, of course, it's not unusual for basketball to be played in domed stadiums. Um, we've seen that for for huge events like the Final Four. And those, but those are typically, you know, football, basically football stadiums with a basketball court put, you know, in the middle and then additional seating added around it. This, this is, in this case, it's a baseball stadium getting a basketball court. Um, and of course, it's a domed, but a retractable domed stadium. So the first thing that struck me as odd was how the court is being laid out on, on the field, that it's basically mid-court is at the pitcher's mound with, you know, one basket over by first base and the other basket over by third base. So it's stretched across the infield like that. But that is not how I would do it. Let's, let's just put it that way. And, and to me, that creates a situation where, you know, they're putting some seating around on the field around that court with, you know, a larger section kind of behind second base. And then, you know, smaller sort of rows around the other three sides. And they're, they're hyping it as those field seats are going to have a lot of, like, higher-end amenities, food and beverage offerings and whatnot. And then, you know, the rest of the seating of the stadium will be available. But for the rest of the seating in, in the stadium, you're pretty far away from the court. I mean, basketball is a game played on a small court, small number of players, and the whole appeal of basketball is to be as close to the court as possible. It's not like football where it's a gigantic field and a lot of players. And you actually don't want to be close. You want to be high so you can see everything. Basketball, you want to be close. Well, this setup has the court pretty far away from basically all the normal uh, seating areas of American Family Field. So if I was to do this, I would set it up where – I'd run the court along either the first or third baselines. So you'd have like one basket, you know, near home plate or even closer to kind of over in foul territory, closer to the stands, then run the court along, you know, again, the third or first base line with the other basket being at either third or first base. To me, that would line the court up with, with at least like half the stadium would have a pretty good vantage point. Okay. Other parts of the stadium wouldn't because you're kind of cramming it along one corner, one side, rather than slapping the court right in the middle, the way they're doing it, thinking more people will be able to see, I guess, but then you, everyone's farther away. So 
that's not exactly how I would do it. So that's one one note I I, I immediately had when I saw this. Um, what is also curious about this is okay, you're playing a basketball game in a gigantic venue, you know, much larger than typically for basketball. They don't really have marquee teams involved. You got Wisconsin, who is a consistently good team, had another good season this year. Um, but they're probably rebuilding. I guess we'll see. They, all, they tend to surprise people. They tend to overachieve. But, you know, they're losing Johnny Davis, so I don't know if they're going to be – how good they'll be next year, I guess we'll see. They're playing Stanford, though, which is, you know, it's kind of a mediocre team. It's not like this is a game against Duke or North Carolina or something. It's a major draw. Um so it's kind of like, okay, the Badgers are playing sort of an average team. Um, you know, it seems like the, the, the draw to this game is expected to just be the uniqueness of playing it at American Family Field, which I suppose is very unique, and I'm sure there are going to be people going to want to check out and have that experience. Um, but, you know, you would think if you're playing a game in a gigantic venue, much bigger than you normally do, it would be a marquee game. Um, but it's not really as far as the teams are concerned a marquee matchup. So it's more it's more the novelty of playing in in the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm wondering about is just you know this game being played in November, November 11th. Okay, you know that stadium you can heat it to a point. Um, you know I think that it's like 20 or 30 degrees. I think 30 degrees is pushing. I think it's more like 20. That the stadium is heated compared to the outside temperature. So if it's a chilly November day, it could be a chilly, you know, a lot of, a lot of early season brewery games, you know, you're, you're in there and it's the roofs up, but you're still wearing your light jacket, you know, cause it's not 72 degrees, even with yeah. the roof up. So it might be a little chilly in there, depending on how it is outside. And, you know, how will that go for a basketball game? I guess it won't be too bad, but, it's just a little, little different, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. My other in- instant reaction is I, I saw some speculation right away that this is like kind of testing the waters to see if American Family Field could be an NCAA tournament site, and maybe Milwaukee gets, you know, Milwaukee has, including this year, has hosted the NCAA tournament numerous times, but it's always, you know, first and second round games. Um, it hasn't been a regional or a final four. Um, I really don't think we can get a final four. I don't, I don't think the stadium is up to that caliber. Regionals usually go to just, you know, bigger markets. They don't necessarily go to domes. Sometimes they do, but usually it's just a bigger market than Milwaukee. So there's some speculation, oh, we're going to get a regional and it's going to be played at American Family Field. I don't know about that, but it'll be interesting to see exactly how this works how many people actually buy a ticket to this is it really gonna be a big draw um i I just don't know i don't know yeah i mean you mentioned the temperature component you think you know early season college basketball you just hope i think that you know well it's hope for a good weather day for starters um good temperature but you know if you did have any of those chilly days and it's hard to get the temp up Plus early season, you just, I mean, you'd hate to like have someone coming off the bench and, you know, snag a hamstring and, um, and, you know, and they're out till after Christmas or whatever. And just, it would be kind of silly to have that happen. And, you know, also just the, I mean, what Miller parks or 
I'm just going to see if I get to this episode without mentioning the uh-huh. former name of American Family Field. Uh-huh. I guess I didn't. Um, but, you know, American Family Field's capacity is what? Something in the 40,000 plus range? 40, 42, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, probably not going to draw all of that for this game. Um, so, you know, how does that look when you don't have the full stadium with this? Um, you know, just kind of, I guess, what's, you know, seeing some of the upside, or where, where is the upside in doing this beyond the novelty of it, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be one thing, and it's not like it's Badger basketball has its following, you know, pretty good following. They do well at the Kohl Center attendance-wise, but it's not like this, it's not like this is Indiana and the Hoosiers playing or, you know, a, a basketball crazy, especially Wisconsin Badger basketball. I, you know, the, that many people are going to come out for this. I'd be very curious. On the other hand, you know, you can tailgate before the game. There we go. And the opportunity to tailgate before a Badger basketball game, that would be a very unique opportunity. So, again, I think, you know, the novelty factor could be appealing. You know, it could be a party atmosphere. It's like, you know, it's it's set up to start like the first game of the season. Could be fun. De- definitely relying on novelty factor, though, I think, to make this make this work. Yep. Well, and as you noted in your, uh, in your write-up of this, you know, the Brewers obviously hoping to play into – late November and um, October. Yeah. Or late, late October, not November, but uh, making a deep, hopefully making a deep playoff run. Now that would be pretty cool if you had, you know, fingers crossed a world series followed immediately by that. Um, and that would make them more of a unique, special, you know, environment potentially. I think uh, you got to give the Brewers credit for continually trying to find ways to use the stadium. Um for things other than brewery games. And, you know, of course, taxpayers spent a ton of money, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to build this stadium. There's rumblings of the brewers, maybe at some point needing more tax money um, for future improvements to the stadium, you know, at some point. Um, And we've talked about that before, but you really like to see that, that they do make a very good effort to try to get different things in the stadium besides just the 81 regular season brewery games and maybe some playoff games. Um, you know, they've had a number of concerts and are having concerts there this year. They've had soccer games that have done pretty well um, attendance wise. I know they tried bowling many years ago, which was very weird and didn't really have a lot of people there, but um, you know, they continue to try things and make the stadium get more use. Um, which is good, you know, for the community, just the more things that are happening there, the better. And, and just the more opportunities, maybe you're not a baseball fan, but you'll go to a concert or you'll go, maybe you'll go to this basketball game. Just the more opportunities for people who are, who've paid the taxes for this facility to actually enjoy it and take advantage of it. And again, just for the economy is the more activity over there, the better. So mm-hmm. kudos to the brewers for, you know, you know, continuing to try to find new ways to use the stadium like I said, I've got questions about this and we'll see how it goes, but you got to say, you got to tip your head to the Brewers and say, good job finding another event to have at the stadium. That's, that's a very good thing. Yeah. Better than it sitting empty. Uh, you mentioned at the top, your uh, Badger fandom and UW alum and all of those things. You going to this? I'm waiting to see how much the ticket prices are, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I just might, I, I just might. 
uh, I'm curious to see how the how the ticket price when the ticket prices are announced. Then I'll make my then I'll make my decision. But uh, yeah, despite my my questions about it, yeah, I'd like to be there. Got to admit, <laughs> sounds good. Well, tickets go on sale July 26th. So if uh, you or anyone else is interested in them, that's when uh, you can have your shot. We'll leave it there for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. We'll be back next week to talk more. Andrew, thanks always for joining me. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.